Hello, welcome to the Rowling League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Rowling. Today's episode, look back at that nail in the coffin of another lost commander season last week versus the Cleveland Browns. Never would have thought 7-5, this team would have been eliminated before the season even ended, but here they are. This has been one of the most disappointing seasons in recent memory. It's time to look at the offseason and how to make this team a contender finally one day. I'm not going to do a big breakdown for Dallas this week since the game is irrelevant, but I will take a quick look at rookie quarterback Sam Howe as he prepares for his first NFL start. A lot to get to, so let's get started. Um, uh, obviously, I missed the pod last week. Um, being a teacher, I had the week off, kind of just took a break from the podcast and see, you know, was hoping to enjoy a commander's win this week, and that obviously didn't happen. Um, I thought they had a really good shot against Cleveland. Um, Deshaun Watson obviously was, I think, his fourth start back from his, you know, year-long, excuse me, 13-game suspension. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't... Uh, anything from the start it really wasn't uh there was nothing that went well nothing um that could have really transpired well for Washington the way it was started you know with Carson Wentz interception the first drive um you know it, it really went downhill from you know from there um but it just wasn't uh what it was meant to be I will admit that I thought starting Carson would have been the right, right way to go just because I thought he had more arms held than Heineke which obviously is evident but he is nowhere near the quarterback he was in Philly six or seven years ago and, um, you know, that showed last year in Indy and showed this year in Washington. Um, Heineke obviously should have been the reason to start. Um, this team plays for him. Um, he does make plays. Um, his arm isn't obviously the greatest, but he at least knows where to go with the ball. The ball comes out quick. Doesn't really happen with Carson. Taylor can avoid pass rush. Um, Heineke Wentz didn't. Um, seemed like Ron doubled down, obviously, even with the two interceptions. Um, he kept him in for the second half, and I know it probably was just because the 21-play drive right before this first half ended. But... He shouldn't have, you know, stuck with him that long, especially with the season on the line, you know, having been eliminated later that day after the Green Bay Packers win. Um, so, I, you know, at the beginning, I don't fault for Ron going with Carson because I, you know, being completely honest, I thought was the right move. Obviously, I was wrong. Ron was wrong. But I would have pulled Carson pretty quickly just because, you know, this game was so important. And it should have been something that, um, you know, you could tell he didn't have it right away. And you got to go with your, you know, best best option, in your opinion, after that, and that's Taylor. Um, I think Taylor would have definitely made the game more competitive. I'm not going to sit here and say they definitely would have won if he played start to finish. I just do think he would have given them a better shot. Defense wasn't great. Um, Deshaun you know, only completed nine passes, but three of them were for touchdowns. Um, Nick Chubb had 14, only 14 carries, but over 100 yards rushing. Uh, having Benjamin St. Juiced out and Cam Crow was absolutely huge. The defense looked disarrayed in the secondary. Um, so, you know, overall... Um, they gave up 24 points, and that's not what Washington usually does, um, at least um, before this losing streak happened. Washington's offense hasn't scored, you know, 20-plus points this week, 11 or whatever it was against the Texans So, with Heineke. So with Heineke played, who knows if they wouldn't have scored, been able to score, you know, 25, 26, 27 points to get the win. Uh, but either way, it was, you know, a horrible day from all around and, you know, kind of probably reminiscent of uh, 2016 when Washington needed to win it in against the Giants last game of the season, and they couldn't do it. And this is, you know, a little bit reminiscent of that since Washington didn't win the last two games they would have been in as well this week. Excuse me, this year. Um, like I tried to hit on it, Carson Wentz was horrible, absolutely horrible. Uh, um, he didn't really – he made one or two good throws, but it was Jamar Dotson – to uh, Jahan Dotson a deep out. Um, I think it was the second quarter. I throw it nice there to Cam Sims at the end of the game. The game was over. Um, but other than that, he had overthrows on – Passing the flat, his interceptions were bad. Um, you know, he just 
completely was a dud. And I, there's nothing really else to talk about. He's not going to be a commander. In probably a month's time, they're going to cut him, be free of $28 million. He's going to go somewhere else and try to latch on as a backup or maybe at the very most compete for a starting job somewhere. But it was a failed trade. It's going to end with a second round, a swap of second round picks and two third round picks. But at least they didn't compound it to give him an extension after they traded for him last year. They could be in Denver's, you know, shoes the way they did with Russell Wilson, how horrible he's played. So you cut your losses. Um, they were able to get a third round pick last year back when they traded down in the first round. That's where they got Brian Robinson Jr. And they're going to get a third round pick this year, uh, a supplemental pick uh, with Brandon Sheriff going to Jacksonville last few years in free agency. So they still are going to have two third round picks after that trade. But so, you know, maybe in the end you could look at it. They didn't really give up too much. But um, either way, it. They're looking for a quarterback again for what seems like the 30th straight year. So, um, you know, Gibson now was huge. Brian Robinson definitely was hurt. He wasn't like his usual self. Didn't really have too much punch out of the backfield. Um, he didn't look as quick as he usually does. Obviously not the quickest running back to begin with, but he's tired. I mean, I think he's the rookie wall. Obviously the um, incident before the season um, doesn't help. But I think he's just, he's kind of just done. I mean, it's been a – Long season for him, um, off the field, on the field. Alabama, you you play 12 to 14 games a year. You play 18 games. See me 17 games in the NFL, 20 if you count the preseason games. So um, I think he's just kind of hit his rookie wall. I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays uh, the last week of the season against Dallas. He hasn't been in practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, play calling wise, Scott was horrible again, at least in the short yard of situations. He doesn't understand them, I swear. On the fourth and one, the pitch to Jonathan Williams was a bad call. Jonathan Williams is a power back. You're asking Terry McLaurin to, you know, basically do a chip block on Miles Garrett that doesn't make any sense on a fourth and one play. Um, so, I mean, we've seen plenty of reasons that a short yard situation, Scott is not good on that. So I really hope he gets evaluated this offseason and maybe go in a different direction. But Ron usually is loyal to his guys. I don't know if he's going to actually make a move and fire Scott. But, you know, Scott has his moments. He can draw up some offense here and there. But when it comes to critical situations, it just seems like it goes over his head sometimes. Um, Offensive line was pretty bad again. You know, Leno obviously had another tough matchup with Miles Garrett this week. You know, obviously got beat a few times. Um, Lucas and Cosby split on right tackle again. Um, interior, you know, Norwell is what he is. He he should be gone this offseason. He has a two-year contract. Um, Trey Turner, I don't think, will be brought back. You have West Weister playing center when he's more naturally a guard. I'm not going to go deep into it because it's a bad offensive line. They didn't play well. It's not a surprise. It is what it is. Receiver-wise, Terry, you know, didn't get the ball, and it's usually par for the course when Carson plays quarterback. Um, you know, he was targeted on the first interception. It was a nice play by Denzel Ward. Bad decision by Carson to throw, you know, force the ball there. Curtis didn't get many targets. Um, Jahan Dotson, you know, got a good amount of targets, and that's not surprising considering Carson targeted him a lot at the beginning of the year. They've been, you know, working together since OTA, so he has a good rapport with him. Um, and Jahan had a pretty nice game, except that one drop um, that, you know, could have kind of stalled a drive out, stalled a drive out, but... Das is going to be a really good player for Washington. I mean, he was not the reason they lost on Cleveland, uh, to Cleveland. Um, and obviously, you know, they have a really good trio of receivers going forward if they can ever get a consistent quarterback. Uh, defense is bad again. Excuse me, again, but they were poor. Um, and I think obviously a big reason for that is losing their best corner, Redmond St. Juice, and safety, Cam Curl. Cam Curl is the most important player on this defense and maybe on this team. This team does not look the same without him. They haven't won a game when he's missed a game this year. They're 0 4. Um, 
or excuse me, they did beat the Jacksonville Jaguars the first week of the season, so they're one and three. Um, but, you know, he's so vital to this team secondary um, and really just in general on defense. Um, he gets everyone in place. Um, he's just a glue guy that could play, really can play a hybrid linebacker, safety, nickel. He could do it all. So um, he's someone that when he's out, this team is in a lot of trouble, and that was the case on Sunday. Theron Payne had another beast game, two sacks. I like his little sign of contract. Um, uh, gesture after he his first sack. Um, he's a must-pay. Washington needs to keep him if they tag him and then hopefully resign him. Hopefully it's not one of the situations where they keep tagging someone and never get a long-term deal done. They can't let him hit for agency. Um, there's going to be some teams that are going to be banging down his door to give him you know, $20 million a year. So whether it's Chicago, Atlanta, uh, teams like that, Ron Payne is you know, one of the best players on this team and he needs to be consistently um, treated that way and he's an extension. Um, it's good to see Jonathan Allen's injury. He's not um, serious. He, I don't think he should play against Dallas this week. It's a meaningless game, um, but obviously it's great that he's not going to have to rehab really anything going into the offseason. I thought Chase played well again. Obviously, he had two near sacks, and it's not showed up the stat, fee, the stat sheet, but he looks explosive. He looks good, and obviously not back to his rookie year form yet, but you know, two games in, I'm really you know happy the where he's at, and you know hopefully he can build on that and have a really really good year um, next year coming off. Um, you know, obviously only playing three games this year. If he doesn't, he play next week against Dallas. Montez had a sack. Um, he's had another solid year, uh, year four of his career. Um, he's a guy this team needs to start by thinking about sending as well. Um, I don't know how where the money's going to go. Obviously, it's a lot of money. He's had the defensive line with Anna Payne, Duran. Montez and immensely Chase, but you know Montez Wood obviously is another guy that hopefully this team can keep around for the long term. Um, but again, another disappointing loss, another disappointing season. It's a toxic cycle with this team. Uh, <laughs> I swear, you know, you they give you hope for a second, you get your hopes up, and then they just consistently just shit all over them. So it is what it is. Um, I try to explain that to my girlfriend, a new Commanders fan, that like I'd never should. I, I played myself again. Um, it, it, she had to console me for this another horrible season for this team but um, I, I really got to teach myself not to get my hopes up for this team because it is what it is this is what they do it's been this way since I was born um, hopefully with a new owner it's going to bring in some new vibes and hopefully do something good for this organization um, you know but you know but I guess as a fan you're just going to believe it when you see it um, you know, Ron's decision obviously was huge. I don't know how the locker room's going to you know, look at it. You know, him going Carson over Heineke. Um, obviously, it's a big deal. Not him not knowing elimination was possible after the game. And it's kind of inexcusable. I know he said, you know, so focus on when he was thinking about the alternative. But as a coach, you have to know, you know, every scenario. And uh, that obviously was embarrassing. I don't really know. I think if a new coach, if a new owner was coming in, I mean, if, the, we had a, if they had a stable ownership, maybe Ron would be in trouble next week after the game. I don't think he will be, but he's going to be on the hot seat as soon as there's a new owner because the new owner is going to want to bring in his own guy. And, you know, Ron's not dumb to this. He knows this is the way it was in Carolina. He lasted half a year after Carolina had a new owner, David Tepper, and they fired him. So it could be the same situation this year. Maybe there's an off chance he can see that coming and just resigns and walks away now. I think it's a small chance, but who knows. Um, but I, I know the owner's going to want a new coach, and that's just the way it is. Uh, and Cabron has had – I don't think they're going to be Dallas on next next week, so it's three straight years of seven wins. He says that they've taken a step. I don't know how you can quantify, quantify that. I mean, it's seven wins a year. It seems like you're just staying the same to me, and it's the same cyclical way they've started. They start bad, they have a good middle of the season, and they flame out at the end. So and they've done it for three straight years. Even the year they went to the playoffs – they lost two games in a row before they held on against Philly, where they barely won against a team that was trying to lose that game. And Philly took out Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld. So, um, 
it's something that they haven't taken a step. They don't have a quarterback. They have some good talent, good young talent, and that's great. But they're never going to be anything unless they have a coach that is better than Ron, honestly, <laughs> or a quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see how these next offseason, even the following offseason, is going to take place. Um, but again, another loss season, Ron's going to more than likely be after if an expected loss this week, finna have 21 wins in three years um, and 28 losses. So 21, I think it's going to be 28 1, 28 and 1, if my math is correct. And that's not going to get it done in the NFL. He has a losing record in the NFL in his you know, double digit seasons as a coach going back to his Carolina days. So I know he's a hell of a guy. And that's awesome. And I think it's, he was a really good guy for this team as they go through this turmoil, whether it be the name change and having the horrible Daniel Snyder as their owner. But he's not it as when it comes to a coach. And I think it might be time to move on sooner rather than later. But again, he's a hell of a guy. He went through a lot of things while he was here as a Washington coach. But um, I think eventually it's time to move on and try to get a better coach that can hopefully take this team to the next level. Um, moving on to this game on Sunday, um, it's going to be you know kind of like a glorified preseason game. I don't know if the starters are going to play a little game. Ron even kind of alluded to as much as Wednesday on Wednesday after practice. Dallas is going to be hungry. They have a shot at the first seed in the NFC East, as small as that chance might may be. Um, if Philly wins, they're going to Philly's going to lock up the NFCs and the top seed in the NFC, which is the first round by. Dallas would need a Philly loss and a San Francisco loss to get the one seed. Um, so they're going to be. Um, they have a small chance of one seed, but if they can get the NFC East, if they win and Philly loses. So um, obviously Dallas are going to play their starters the whole time. They're playing the same time as the Philly game, so they're not going to know um, how that game is going. Obviously, you know, get updates, but you just never know um, how the game is going to turn out. Dallas is, you know, coming to play. Um, this game really, you know, to an extent is only for stats. You know, Terry uh, McLaurin is only two yards away from his a career high. Obviously, I expect him to get that on Sunday. Dotson needs 51 yards to get 500. It's a nice, you know, round number for your rookie year, especially after missing four or five games, whatever it was. Montez Sweat needs two sacks to get 10. That would be a career high for him. And then Jonathan Allen, if he's able to play, um, if he gets a half a sack, he will have 10 for the season as well. That would be three double-digit sack um, you know, players for Washington, which is a nice number to look at and hang your hat on. So um, hopefully those guys can get there. Uh, you know, Sam Howe was the only sensible play. It made no sense to play Carson Wentz or Tyler Heineke. Carson Wentz definitely not going to be in the team next year. Taylor maybe 50-50s on the team next year. He's a free agent. Um, you're not going to bring him back. Um, it's not for sure you're going to bring him back. Um, I think this is an opinion that I'll you know, talk on later podcasts when I go into more detail the quarterback options for this team. Um, but I don't think you can bring Heineke back. And you don't want to you know, have fans factor into your decision. But I don't think you can bring Heineke back if you bring another veteran in, um, whether it's like a Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill type, because the fans are going to be chanting for Heineke the first time they slip up. They, that happened this year, obviously evident in last week's game is Cleveland. Um, he's just too much of a fan favorite. It's going to be too much of a distraction. So um, if they have a rookie and or – let Sam and Heineke bat out next year. Yeah, I think they should bring him back. But let's say they go after a Derek Carr type or someone. Unless they go some, somehow, which is very little chance happening, they get an Aaron Rodgers type, then no one's going to obviously be banging on the door for Heineke, even if um, he comes back as a backup. But, um, you know, I think it's obviously it's more, small. I think 50% shot Heineke's back next year, and he shouldn't be as an undisputed starter. It should be as a backup or a chance of winning the competition, whether it be with Howe and a rookie or whatever. But, um all that to say, Sam Howell is a sensible play this week because he's the only guy under roster next uh, under uh, contract for next year. Um, he's a rookie fifth round pick. Um, they should give him a shot. He has a lot of talent. He's mobile, um, very much like Heineke that way. Even 
but he's faster and you know, more stockier. Um, he's probably about the same height, maybe a little bigger. Really good arm strength, a much, much better arm than Heineke. Um, maybe a little less than Wentz, but he does have uh, a you know, really good arm for today's game. Um, he's going to learn more playing on Sunday than he would sitting. And I know people are like, oh, maybe he's not ready. Who cares? Put him out there. Um, you know, hopefully he doesn't hurt, get hurt, and completely develop a, you know, develop bad habits in one game, but I think he should be okay. It's going to be a tough test, obviously, against Dallas defense, you know, going against Micah Parsons and Marcus Lawrence. Um, J. Ron Curse, Diggs, um, Van Der Esch, Barr, they have good defense. There's no denying that. Um, so, you know, Hal's going to play, you know, against the best defense he's probably facing in his life. It's the first time he's playing in the NFL um, on a regular season basis. Uh, he had a talented career at North Carolina. He started from his freshman year, the true freshman. Uh, his freshman year, he had 3,600 yards, 38 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. People were talking about a future first, future first round pick, maybe at first overall pick after his freshman year, sophomore year. Over 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Going into his junior year, people thought he was a sure, sure, sure fire first round pick again. His junior year is where his stats tailed off, and that's no um, surprise considering he lost Deami Brown, current Washington commander receiver. Javante Williams, who is a good running back in Denver, even though he's a torn ACL. Das Newsom was a nice player in North Carolina. Michael Carter, the running back for the Jets. Those are all NFL players that he lost going into his junior year in Carolina. Um, and that's why his stats suffered. He had 3,000 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. But he had a big elevation in his run production considering he just had to put the team on his back. He had 183 attempts, 828 yards rushing, 11 rush touchdowns his junior year in North Carolina. Um, that shows you his you know, ability on the ground. Um, it goes to show when he has someone to throw to and talented playmakers around him, he can make plays. When you have a Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, um, Tony Gibson, and Brian Robinson in the backfield, you know, maybe he can do something similar like he did in North Carolina and Washington. I'm not saying he can. I'm not saying he's a future starter for this team. I think he's a very, could be a very good backup in the league at the, you know, maybe a low end starter, but it's going to be interesting to see how he plays on Sunday. Um, Again, he had first-round talent, people thought, you know, going into his junior year. So maybe there's something there where he can develop into a starter. He's 6'1", 220. He's listed as 6'1". I don't know if he's 6'1". I think he's maybe closer to six foot five eleven area. Um, but either way, I'm excited to see him play. Um, the fans are going to lower their expectations. I think people think he's going to be the franchise quarterback. I don't say – I can't say I'll see that. You know, who knows? Like, we, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But he's a fifth-round pick. Um, he should get a shot to play on Sunday, and he will. Um, he needs to get the ball to playmakers. You know, like the aforementioned Terry, Curtis, Jahan, Logan Thomas, you know, whatever. Turner has to protect him, though, uh, physically from Dallas's pass rush, but also just you know, give him short, quick plays, get him to a rhythm early on Sunday. Um, you know, something that gets the confidence right away going and something he can build on and hopefully have a nice showing on Sunday. Um, looking to the game at the whole, the game should be purely about evaluation. Like I said, you know, like a borderline preseason game. And Ron's kind of admitted to as much. If Sadiq Draws can play, he should play. Chris Paul is going to play. Um, uh, the rookie seventh rounder from Tulsa. He's had a lot, of, a lot of nice things come out of camp from him um, and practice from Ron and the players. I'm excited to see him get a start. Looks like it's trending that way. He's been practicing the first team left guard. So he should start over Norwell. Um, Cosme should be starting first team right tackle reps. He should be starting at right tackle over Lucas. Um, so that's a good way to see, you know, those young offensive linemen. They need offensive linemen big time in the offseason. Um, so let's see, you know, what they have in these young guys before, you know, committing a lot to them um, to that position, whether it be free agency or the draft. You guys in the secondary should be playing Rashad Wild Goose, Terry Castro Fields, guys that, you know, have put waiver claims in before the year. They should put them out there. Wild Goose obviously played pad in the beginning part of the year, but let's see how he's progressed, you know, now it's the end of the year. Um, I expect John Ridgeway to start for Jonathan Allen if he isn't going to play. He's obviously had some nice moments this year. 
at the very least, going to be a really good rotational defensive tackle for this team. See him out there with Deron Payne. Um, hopefully, Monty Riders is able to come off IR and get some playing time at tight end. Maybe Sid Logan. He's a guy that can be cut and save some money this offseason. Let's look at Amani Rodgers, like a cold turn of the fifth rounder out of Nevada. Let's get some chances for them to see what they can do. And then you got other guys in the secondary, guys like Percy Butler, Christian Holmes. Um, should get some playing time at safety and corner, respectively. Um, Christian Holmes has some bad moments this year, but seventh-round pick, you can expect that. Percy Butler was a fourth-round pick. He should be playing for Bob McCain or um, – if Cam curls out, he should be getting more playing time. Jeremy Reed, you know, played, but, you know, kind of know what Jeremy is. He's a good backup safety and a great special teamer. So maybe Percy Butler gets the ball. He gets a chance to get out there on defense. Um, maybe De'Ami Brown gets some more reps if they sit Terry after he gets a career high for yards of the season um, just to get him some more. And that might help Sam Howell play better, too, because Sam had a lot of, you know, good moments with him in North Carolina. So um, running back-wise, it looks like they already put Antonio Gibson IR. Brian Robinson is in practicing. Look, you're going to look at Jonathan Williams. They brought up, uh, they signed John Jared Patterson, the active roster, after putting Anthony Gibson on IR. Um, so those two guys are, you know, going to probably get some good amount of play on Sunday. Those will probably be a starting running backs. Um, but obviously, you know, from there, it's going to be, you know, like I said, a glorified preseason game. We keep seeing that, but it, I think that's what it's going to be. Um, you want to, you want to see them have a good showing. Of course, you always want to play to win. And Ron keeps saying that, but this is about getting some evaluation, and that's totally respectable. Um, and a win is going to do a lot more harm for you than a loss when it comes to your draft. I know a lot of people don't think that way, but I know if they lose, they can get as high as a 10th pick. If they win, you know, something elite team. So, yes, a win, you want to be Dallas every time you can, but it wouldn't be the worst thing if you lose. I think the best opportunity would be Tam to have a nice performance. Young guys make some plays, uh, flash, and then you lose a close game. And then you get a you know, 10, 11, 12 pick. You can get a good corner like Joey Porter Jr. And these are guys I'm going to go a lot into the draft more um, these next couple weeks and months, considering that's going to be a big highlight point. And that's my background anyways. But if, if you want to trade it for a guy like Bryce Young or C.D. Stroud, Will Levis, it's much easier to get up there from 10 than it is 17 or 18. So I was still going to cost a lot, but, you know, who knows? If they want to get a young guy, if they finish 10, it's going to be a lot more easier to do. Obviously, it's not where this team wants to be. But it is what it is. They're playing for nothing on Sunday. But, you know, hopefully those young guys flash and there's some, you know, good evaluation going into 2023. Well, that includes Roma on the episode. The Commander's about to finish out yet another disappointing season. With hopefully a new owner on the horizon. There'll be a shift in the narrative for this franchise. All fans can hope for that. As usual, they need a quarterback as they head into the next year. And maybe a new, a new head coach and a regime change. All changes should be on the table. I'll be back next week. Looking back at the Cowboys game with a preview of the wildcard weekend games for next week. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScott21 and Instagram at HermanLeague and the Sport Pod. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman. Sign off. See you next time.